Okay, I just hit record. You know what that means. Are you ready? Five, four, three, two. Are you one. ready? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for you guys. It's not too late, not too early for us. It's just right. Um, is the camera too high? I don't know what it is. So, had a long day today. We um, were with Paul from the LA Times, not the newspaper, come on. LA Times, a YouTube channel, him and his family. Uh, good fellowship, you know, he's a good brother in Christ. They came to service yesterday, you know, and um, his little daughter attached to you. I know, I love Jasmine. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I liked hanging out with her today. So we were with them all day long. They just left. Her, Veronica, and yeah, I just loved hanging, hanging out with all of them, the whole family. Yeah, so Paul, um, you know, they're driving right now. So by the time this video comes out at 3 in the morning, they'll be home. I hope. Yeah. They insisted on leaving. We wanted them to stay and leave in the morning. You know, that way, you know, you're fresh, but they had to be home by a certain time for yeah. for certain reasons, you know. But yeah. It was wonderful uh, because you're a really good tour guide of San Francisco, so they got to see a lot of um, the city. Yeah. And we got to spend some time with them and got some really great pictures. I, I love when I take my camera because I just, I like to click, click. I like to constantly take Can pictures. Can I show a few of them here? You already have them on your phone? Yeah, I have a few. Okay. So these are some of the pictures that is on the screen that Sharon was able to take while over there. Um, I know his wife wanted to go, but really they wanted their daughter to experience San Francisco. Yeah, but one of the things that she really, really, really wanted to do that she's been looking forward to doing is um, going to visit Bodine. Yeah. And you know where yeah. they where They're they make where they make actually the the fresh and the real sourdough bread, guys. Sourdough. Sourdough. Why is this crooked? So yes, it is. There? But I'm not gonna say nothing. No, that now it's the other way. What are you doing? I'm trying to make it straight. Why don't we just tilt our heads? Should we tilt our heads? No. Yeah, so in San Francisco, there's the sourdough makers called Bodine. Mm -hmm. And the little girl really, well, both of them. Yeah. Really, like that, that was on their they, bucket list. Yeah, they had been watching videos and how they make it. And it was just so cool. But, um... I even took pictures of them inside of the Bodine line and everything because I, I know that it was just, you know, a moment um, for them to to mm -hmm. have, you know, and I know that it was very, very special. So. It was good. Uh, yeah. What I got was good. You know, I've, we've never ate there. Uh, we do have a Bodine here in Stockton. Yeah. That's a branch from there. 
but we only go for the sourdough bread. We never buy food. We never eat there. We just get sourdough well, bread. Well, we've only gotten it twice, but yeah, yeah. it's really, it's really good. Um, but if, when you get to Fisherman's Wharf on certain evenings, you smell the bread. Yeah, like I think a block they do away. that on purpose too. Heck though. yeah, they do it on purpose. <laughs> but today was the first time I actually ate there. You know, <laughs> my shoulder hurts. Yeah, but um, I'm really, really, really happy that they got a chance to do the things. She did her research. Girl, you are really good. You did your research. She did her research on what she wanted to have for dessert and where she wanted to have dessert. She did her research on where she wanted to have dinner. She did her research on everything, and, and she's really, really good at that, and I love that. Um, so we were able to take her exactly to... It was funny is we knew, she's like, yeah, there's these little, um, it's a little bucket of donuts. We're like, oh, yeah, that's just literally a block yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, that's a block away. Let's walk over exactly. there. We'll, we'll take you to have exactly what you want. So we, we walked over there, and we took her to have exactly what she wanted. Um, and then we were able to take little Jasmine, you know, to see the sea lions and you know, to get on a little carousel. And I just had so much fun with her. I really did. I really enjoyed my time. And we with took her. them to our secret spots. And then there was there was deers running around. And just to learn about so much about history, because that's one thing when we do go um, riding around with David, he knows a lot of the history on a lot of things. And he kind of s starts explaining about things on history of certain things. And I, I just love it. Um, I love hearing it over and over and over every time, so it's really cool. But um, but today was something even special, even yeah. more special for you, because there's been one spot that we go to um, very often, and for the first time ever that we know that we know of, um, we went there today, and we seen a guard uh, um, right outside of this one spot that we normally go, and it's this really old brick building right under the golden gate bridge and it's a fort yeah well we didn't know that at yeah first. it was just a brick building the brick really right under the bridge huge. we always see it because we always go there we take pictures we've ridden our bikes there but it's big old building it's always closed and, three, I, and three i've taken high. a picture outside of it before yeah, three stories high right under the golden gate bridge and 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 you know and he's like well what's that right there and we were like well he drove around and so he said ask ask him what it is you know maybe it's you know it's a museum or something so rolled down the window and i said so what is that in there and he says Oh, well, it's, um, he says it's some type of uh, museum where you can actually walk in. And so it's I an said, old military fort. Yeah, it's an old military fort and it's three stories and you can actually walk in and look and take a look and walk around. And I said, does it cost anything? He says, no, it's free. He goes, as long as you wear your mask, you can go in. And I said, awesome. And I said, well, let's go, guys. And we parked the car again and you know what? Put on our mask and we went in there. You guys... <laughs> Man, let me tell you, you guys know how much David loves history. You were like a little kid in there. Guys, I mean... I'll let you, I'm, say, I'm I'll the, let you talk from here. There's nowhere in San Francisco that I don't know about. So for me, the highlight of the day was going somewhere I never knew about, which was inside of there. And it was old cannons that were pre-Civil War. You know, and I was just completely blown away. You could walk through, see the gunpowder room where they would stuff the cannonballs with gunpowder, a um, bunch of different cannons. Mm -hmm. Then there was a little store. I bought a book 
there was a book just about that fort and i bought yeah. the book it was like 12 bucks or something i was all excited you know so it was really really cool you know it was awesome and then you got another book from letters letters of alcatraz yeah, yeah. yeah. the whole book is letters of alcatraz and i'm like what is this so i opened it it wasn't like transcripted it was every page is actually a picture of a letter from alcatraz and i'm like i need this from inmates from alcatraz inmates uh memos um like a memoir everything even from prison uh, the guards even those i open on one and the warden is talking about capone really because that's where guys you know al capone was there so he's actually talking about capone so that's i was just like yeah i want this that's cool yeah and you so. guys know david's a reader so He's like, yeah, he goes, I have to have these. So, you know, it's pretty cool, guys. You know, this, you know, are you going to put a picture of that in there? I have a picture of you that I took. Oh, sure. I have, I have plenty of pictures that I took of yeah. you in there. So it's really yeah. cool, guys. Um, but Paul, Paul enjoyed the wildlife stuff. Yeah, guys, we, um, you guys are going to see this. There was a picture of, um, of, a, of a deer and you know what do they call the the male deer there's a there's I bucks don't i don't know i don't know guys but whatever but there was a male and a female deer and they're just beautiful out there in san francisco yes in the wild area but the for us that is to us that's the most beautiful part for us because every time when we go over there um yeah we we do a quick little drive through the city there because we we actually love this one little place that's like a sort of like a street vendor where we actually go get calamari and then we'll sit outside by a wall and um we'll listen to a little live music outside and then we'll eat our calamari but what we really really enjoy david and i is we go and we drive up towards these barracks where um there's so much quietness and peace and you can sit on a bench um up by these up by what, what what would you say up by the wild you know by yeah, know. up by these hills and you can it's just a lot of greenery and mountain and the water you can see the ocean you can see the ocean and the water Golden Gate Bridge. yeah and you can just see the city but it's like so still and quiet and those are the best things when you can go somewhere and you don't spend no money no nothing and all you can do is just sit there and converse or just be in the quiet moment and just, you know, and just sit there and look at the noisy city, but not have to listen yeah. to it. And I think that's the most precious moments that we actually act take in. And that's what we love to do, guys, when we do go over there. Yeah. We'll go for our calamari and we'll take the kids over there sometimes, too. And those are those are the places where I like to go do photo shoots and I like to go do all that stuff around those areas because they are just so beautiful, guys. Man, uh, when we got to Bodine, Paul was like, hey, man, lunch is on me. And I said, you shouldn't have said that before I ordered. I'm going to get the most expensive thing. <laughs> I'm just joking around. But what I did get, it was the special of the day. Mm -hmm. Man, if you like seafood, guys, it was. What's that crab called? Dungeness yeah. crab. Dungeness crab in a Havarti cheese melt on sourdough bread. Yeah. There's a picture. It looked really good. There's a picture. Bam. That was amazing. And you know what we learned, guys? That we've never eaten a Bodine, but it's actually really fairly priced. Yeah. You, you know why? You know why? I 
that bread smells so good. We never went in there because we I, thought it was I expensive. Always, I thought it was a really high-end restaurant. So we just stick to our little calamari food vendor. Yeah. Never realized. Matter of fact, I think the calamari is a little bit more expensive than Bodine's. Yeah, because the calamari is like twelve dollars. Is it? I yeah. thought it was more. No, it's twelve ninety nine. Uh, and then when well, my sandwich went, was twelve ninety nine. Is it? Well, the calamari is the same price, like mm -hmm. twelve ninety nine, thirteen dollars. But like yeah, more. like my my sandwich and everything was like ten something, and I was like. It was. It's actually pretty cheap in there. Like yeah, some of the really stuff good. was like seven dollars. Some other stuff was mm -hmm. like you know eight dollars. And I'm like, that is really fairly priced, guys. I was surprised for being at San Francisco. All these years that we've been going, I I skip over Bodine's because it looks so high end. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I. Me too. I. I was like, yeah, we're not gonna go in there. It looks pretty expensive. So, but it was. Fairly priced. Even for us to share a dish, it's still really, it's it's pretty good. It's, the price is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly. But guys, that's a good place to take your family if, if it's, you know, if it's fairly priced. You know what's crazy? You go to Red Lobster, it's more expensive. Yeah. And that stuff is processed fish Yeah. Seafood. And here you're going to get fresh. This fresh is a real thing. Absolutely. Know? So anyways. All right, guys. But enough of that. It was a wonderful, beautiful day. And we were so blessed to um, spend time with, with, um, with Paul and, and, and Veronica and Jasmine, and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They got some good pictures, mm -hmm. good sightseeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was fun. Yep. All right, so where are we going? We are going to the book of Hebrews. Yes, Hebrews. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. You guys ready? Yep, are you? Um, I believe so. Okay, let's do it. It says this. Therefore, we also, wait, I got a yawn. Sorry, guys, I don't edit nothing out. So, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You're going to three, right? No, one and two. Okay. He reads out of the New King James. I'll be reading out of the message. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. What, and sorry, where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in, and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Right there. Okay. So what cloud of witnesses is it talking about? If you read chapter 11 on your own time, the whole chapter, um, basically the writer of Hebrews gives a whole list of all a lot of the great prophets throughout time, right? 
It's like a roll call. Chapter 11 is about a roll call. So after he mentions all these people that served God, faithful to God, or righteous people in right standing with God, after he finishes all of that thing, talks about Abraham and Moses and all that, right? Then he says in verse 12, therefore, so he goes, because I gave you this list, he goes, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, these people are cheering us on. In other words, when they have passed the torch, so the writer of Hebrews named all these people and said, look, these are all the witnesses now cheering you on. Yeah. That's why it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, say, let us set aside every weight. You have people cheering you on, Moses cheering you on, Ruth cheering you on. King David cheering you on, Abraham cheering you on. So it's like, man, now it's your turn. The torch is now in your hand. He's given assurance. So put your weight aside. Put all that stuff aside, all that stuff that holds you back, all that weight. You know, like, have you ever tried jumping into a pool with jeans? It's, it, it weighs you down. It'll weigh you down. As a matter of fact, it'll drown you. It's assurance. It's reassurance. Yeah, reassurance. Yeah, it's assurance, reassurance. Yeah, yeah. we're not in this thing alone. There is a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on, my friend. You have the torch now. It's your turn. Everybody's life is a vapor. Their life came and went. And your life is a vapor too. My life is a vapor. Your life is a vapor. So it's our turn. How are we going to run this race? And you know what? I want to run it to the fullest. So I'm going to put all my weight to the side. That's why I said lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. All that stuff that has you trapped, that has you black backsliding, that has you slipping, that has you falling, that all that stuff. Sometimes that person next to you is the extra weight. Yeah, I said it. You know, I said it. You know why? Because a lot of times we think God has given you somebody. But here's the thing. If that person is not bringing you closer to God, it is not God that gave that person to you. Yeah. They're, they're an extra weight and they're a sin that is easily it doesn't say that tries hard it says easily ensnares you yeah man so sin didn't even have to try hard you know i believe that's what legacy legacy is supposed to be um is supposed to be an encouragement it's supposed to be uh, a legacy is supposed to be something that is is reassuring it's supposed to be a, a positive it's supposed to be of encouragement it's supposed to be something that gives a person a reason why to achieve, to continue to leave more of that legacy. Mm -hmm. A legacy is something that's continuing. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. When, when you leave a legacy, is because that legacy is something that continues to live. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that's long living. That's what a legacy is. Long living means that we continue that legacy. And you can only continue that legacy, and it's because you're handing the torch over. Do you remember the Grace International Conference? Yes. Whew, that was such an amazing... Guys, there was a time when, yes. as a church, we were struggling. We were in a little building. We didn't know what direction we were going. We couldn't afford to pay the rent. You know, matter of fact, we actually lost the building for six months. And we went to the 
you feel alone. When you're pastoring a church, sometimes you tend to feel isolated. You tend to feel alone. You tend to feel like, man, I'm in this by myself. Yeah, I got a congregation, but they have no idea what we're feeling. They have no idea. You know, the inner workings of trying to keep this thing going and trying to talk to the landlord again because we don't even have the full rent. You know, and, and just crazy. And then we went to the Oceanside Conference and it was called Legacy. And the whole thing was about saying to the Grace International Pastor, you guys are not alone. And remember they had the three, no, was there two left from the old school, old school guy, remember? Yeah, and one of the Now left. there's only one. Yeah. Right? That told the stories when they were little and they saw the pastors from Grace International back in the 20s. You know, and, 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 and them remembering the place of prayer, they went back to the first building. And remember, they went to show the basement and said, this is where we had children. And we had so much prayer here until the power of God moved. And, and man, they gave us the whole history. They, and, and then the whole conference was about, this is the legacy behind you. This is the legacy. So Grace International Pastor, what are you going to do with this now? Remember, we needed that. Yeah. And, and you know, here's another thing, too. I remember that that year... That year when we went through that hardship, I remember that that was the same year when we walked in with a, a Ziploc bag. Was it the first year? Second year. Yeah. It was the second year. And we walked in with that Ziploc bag. And it was filled. Yeah. It was filled with ones because I remember that they went up there and they said, you know, we the way they normally collect the missions, you know, they want everybody to, you know, to pull out their checkbook and to write their checkbooks. And we're like, well, we didn't, we didn't pick up our missions that way. You know, we had yeah. been collecting. Let me say this though. Okay. You guys know, I know you guys are viewers of our Sunday services. You know how Pastor Al always says, you know, $2 a person, $2 a week for mm -hmm. missions, Pastor Thomas in Nigeria, Pastor Moses in Uganda, leave your $2. And then he looks at the camera and says, if you want to give toward missions, www.houseofmissionchurch.com. This, she's telling you the story of where this dollar, $2 a person, $2 a but week this started. Time we had, but this time we had decided to pick up an extra offering because we knew, we knew that they were going to, every time when we go there, they ask for like a special offering for missions, mm -hmm. you know, there at the world, at, at, at the conference. Mm -hmm. So when we went, you know, um, we were like, man, you know, um, guys, we're going to go ahead and pick up our, our dollars, you know, and we're going to take the dollars that we have been saving for the last three months, but we're going to pick up a little extra so that we can take it with us. So if you guys want to put in a five, you know, if you guys want to put in $3 this time, whatever you guys want to do, we're going to go ahead and take it with us. And man, we had picked up an extra, you know, an extra few, for a few dollars to take. And so we were so happy. We put all these dollars into some Ziploc zip bag. You know, it was looked like, like a oh, little pillow. Yes, it looked like a little pillow. A whole bunch of ones, and we were so excited with our ones. A whole bunch of ones in these in this big old Ziploc bag, and we're like, "Yeah, look at everything we picked up, man, guys." So we go, and um, so they, you know, at at the Grace Conference, you know, they were like. You know, so, you know, if you guys can please, you know, um, we're going to go ahead and pick up an offering for the missions, as we always do every time when we're here. If you can please write your check and everything. And I'm like, whoa, you know, they they want a check, e you know, and um, I said, well, David. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, 
guys, you know what? I said, Lord, you know what we, what we, all of us together collectively, that we are giving this with all our heart and with everything that we have, Lord. I place this in your hand and I know, Lord, that you know our hearts and here goes our offering. And um, I'm sure that they probably said, where did this come from? Yeah, a bunch of bag of ones. It was a huge bag of ones, you guys. I'm not kidding. But you know what, guys? At that point, I felt like, you know, when remember when the widow, mm -hmm. when the widow gave. Because we, we gave that at a point when we were losing our building. Yeah, we did. You know, and there's one thing I want to say about Grace International. And um, this is proven, guys, is that if you, if, if we write a $100 check to Grace International to Pastor Thomas, he gets $100. Yeah. You know, um, they don't take nothing. And there's another, th one big reason why I decided to go with Grace International is because they are an international, they don't, a lot of places call themselves international, but they're not. Grace International has over 4,000 churches there's under 300 in the United States. But but here's the Listen, thing. But okay, go ahead. There's only 300 or less in the United States. All the rest, there's over 4,000 Grace International churches. All the rest are outside of the United States. But here's what I do want to say, though, guys. That after we did that, the following year, when the president had found out that we were doing this dollar program, he was so interested in finding out what it was that we were doing because when he found out that we were doing the dollar every week for the missions, mm -hmm. he said, I'm really interested in knowing what you guys are doing, you know, because you guys are a small church and you guys are consistent every week with picking up these dollars. And, he's, and I said, you know, it, it was so much easier for us to ask everybody to give $1, $1 for Pastor Thomas and $1 for Moses. Every week. Every week, because that didn't break anybody's bank. $1. And that made it easier and possible. Guys, just this last month. I think three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago. You know, we send them pretty much almost quarterly. We send them a payment, you know, every three to four months. And we were able to send a thousand dollars, 500 to each one of them, you mm -hmm. know, and every those dollars add up. Those dollars do add up every few months. We're sending, you know, whether it be three, four hundred dollars, you know, every every few months, you know, and this time we were able to send them a little bit more. And that's a big deal, guys. That To them, that's a big deal. Pastor Thomas wrote us, yeah. you know, a, a long email. And he, you saw it? Yeah, yeah, I seen the email. And he was just, like, so blessed. Every time that he does, he lets us, he thanks us. And he knows. And, and Pastor Moses, you know, and that's a blessing because to them, the, the little bit that it is here, to them, that's a lot over there. A lot, a lot. A lot, a lot over there. It goes a very, very long way to them. You know, when, when David, you know, was able to help him publish the book and you were able to, to do the book, we purchased a certain amount of books over here and 
every book that was sold, everything went to him directly. I think it was what? How many books did you did you? Five hundred dollars worth. Yeah, five hundred. Yeah, five hundred dollars worth ended up going to him directly. You know, every single penny went to him, and man, that helped him a lot. Yeah. And then we were able to set him up so that after that, every single purchase goes directly to him. Mm-hmm. Everything. Nothing was charged to to help him with a book. Nothing. Yeah. You know, because this is for the kingdom. This is for him. You know, it's like, this is what we do. And it's so beautiful and important because when we see things like that, I think it's just, man, God gets all the glory in all of this. Yeah, how did we get into that, though? I just realized, how did we get into talking about Thomas and Moses? So I can kind of lead it back to the book. (laughs) We got sidetracked. Both of us got excited about. I missions. know. I did get excited about. Well, missions. both of us did, but what? Well, because we talked about. Um, oh my God. We talked about the church. I don't know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we all got caught up in talking about missions and everything. But let's get back to this. Yes. Um, so it says here that to, for us to lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So after giving this whole list of all of these people in the Old Testament, then it says all of them are witnesses to us. Because here's the thing, right? Jesus says that God is not a God of the dead, but of the living. So that means all oh, of these we're people. We're talking about legacy. That's why. Yeah, legacy. That's right. Yes. All of these people are alive. You know, so, yeah, I brought up Grace International, yes. that's right, because we were broken, and we went, and it was about legacy, and it was amazing, you know, so, um, and it reminded me of that, because they're like, you know, we got to keep this thing going, Yeah. you know, and, and, and Grace International is, is really huge, there's such a deep history, that's why I brought it up, so, it says, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. And that, so this is that next verse I like, right? Because it just said everybody in the Old Testament. And it says that they're a witness to you now. Yeah. And this verse, it said, so this is why we do it. It says, we run the race of endurance that is set before us. And then it goes looking unto Jesus. Not looking at the world, not looking to your left, not looking to your right. We look unto Jesus when we race. He is the end goal. He is the the prize at the end. That's why Paul says, you know, uh, about the prize, you know, talking on a, in 2 Timothy, but it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So even though they have all these great people, Jesus is the beginning and he's and the, end. the end. He's the author and he's the finisher. Amen. He's the one that started it and he's the one that's going to end it. You know, so we... Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How can there be joy in the cross? You know why? So you can be saved. How, why would there be joy in the cross? You know why there was joy? Because he knew he was going to break the chains of addiction. He knew yeah. he was going to break the chains of sin. He knew he was going to break the chains of alcoholism. He knew he was going to break the sins. Therefore, that pain was counted as joy. Yeah, he, he endured could, it and counted as joy. Yes, yeah. he did. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and has sat at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, so how much more do we need as, as like umph to finish this race? Yeah. To carry our torch because of all these people that are witnesses. And forget those people. How about the one that it's for, the author and the finisher of our faith? He's the beginning. He's the end, man. He's the reason. He's the reason you're saved. You know, and he's going to be there at the end, too. You know, and there's nothing that can stop it. There's nothing. Hell can't stop it. How many times have nations tried to destroy this book? Yeah. How many times, guys? Communism has tried to stop this book. Atheists have tried to stop this book. Kings and, and uh, leaders have tried to stop this book, but now they're dead in, in, in their bones in the grave, but this word stay, stays on and, and is a living and powerful word of God. I love that there was a post that, um, that Brother Anthony, Anthony Trejo posted mm -hmm. today, and he was talking about how Rena, as, as Rena's in the hospital and everything, and how he's had so much um, idle time you know, and everything. And he says, you know, with that idle time, there comes the negative thoughts and things like that. And, and he just says, you know, that the enemy can sometimes come in and everything and, and want to bring thoughts. But, you know, sometimes we got to bring those thoughts into submission and everything. And, you know, he said that the first thing that he did was run to the house of God you know, and put those thoughts into submission. And he said, and I ran to the house of God. And I think that's, that's the beautiful thing, because when we know, when we know what our legacy is, when we know where we are in Christ, when we know who we are, that's who we run to. Yeah. That's what we run to, you know, is we run to Christ because we know who yeah. we are. We know what our legacy is. Our legacy is in, in, in Christ. That's where our DNA is. Yeah. You know, we have to know who we are in Christ in order for us to have a legacy in, in Him, mm -hmm. you know? I, I, I seen that today and I, yeah. I saw that post and I thought, you know, that was just amazing. And that's exactly, we need to, we need to put those thoughts, we need to put the feelings, the emotions, we need to put all of that into submission. Yeah. You know, lastly is this, is that what torch are you going to leave to your children? Yeah. What are you passing to them? What are we teaching them? You know, let's, that brings it home. That brings it close to home, you know, because ultimately that's what it comes down to. What legacy are you leaving? Maybe you didn't have great, the greatest parents. Maybe your parents didn't serve God, but you do. Now you can start that legacy. Yeah. It begins with you. Let it begin with you. Let, let, let your life play out and your children after you and your grandchildren. Your, your, have your grandchildren ask your, your kids when they're old. Say, how is grandma? How is grandpa? <sighs> Man, they love God. They love Jesus. Because that's all I want my kids and to tell my grandkids and great grandkids, you know, is what legacy are you leaving? Yeah, and you know what, and, and your kids may not be serving the Lord right now. Maybe you have teenage, teenage kids and, and you know, they haven't picked up that cross yet or anything.
But it, do, it shouldn't mean that you shouldn't be serving Christ. You know, it shouldn't mean that you shouldn't be the example. And you shouldn't be mm -hmm. setting the example. Because the thing is, is that they're still watching you. They're still needing you to, to, to still hold on and carry that torch. Because that day is going to come where they're going to need you. They're going to come back to you. And they're going to come back and be like, Mom, there's this situation. What do I do? They're going to come to you one day. And guess what? You're going to have that answer. And you're going to be able to lead them. And you know what? The most beautiful thing is, is that they're going to come to you for that answer. And you're going to have the answer for them. Because why? They know who to come to. Why? Because they've always seen you. Why? Because you've always been the example. And that's the beautiful thing. They're not going to go anywhere else. They're not going to. Because you have always been the example. You have always shown them. They're not going to want to go anywhere else. They're going to be like, you know what? I know my mom has the answer. My mom has always done it right. My dad has always done it right. They have always been a good example. They're going to know what to do. So they're going to want to come to you. Mm -hmm. So guys, lead by example. Mm -hmm. Lead by example. Even if they have not picked up their cross, because they will pick it up. And you're going to be able to plant that seed. And look to Jesus, yes, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. All right, guys. All right, guys. God bless you. Enjoy your coffee. We love you guys. And uh, see you later. Bye.